Hello, it's Albie here, and I'm here with my buddy Luke. And today, we're going to talk about something that has transformed the way that we have approached investing over the past few years. Luke, about 18 months ago, you and I sat down on a video call, and we talked about the big changes that we thought were happening or were starting to happen. Uh, changes starting in technology, in behavior, in society, and changes that will, that will shape the world we know for the next five, 10, or even 20 years. I think whenever we chat, we've always talked in terms of, you know, what's coming, what's in the future, you know, how is this company gonna change the world? But you had the really good idea of just putting this stuff into a spreadsheet and starting to, you know, be a bit more scientific about recording what we think was, what we thought was coming. Yeah, you know, I had some ideas and you had some ideas, but we never really combined them. And then when we talked about it, we really thrashed the, uh, these, these ideas out, you know, and gave them some substance. And, uh, you know, we call these uh, changes um, megatrends, you know, to distinguish them from, you know, changes that are smaller in scope or, or lower I impact, you know, things that you would call like fads maybe. Um, and we identified about 10 of these megatrends and we talked about the reasons why we thought these changes, changes were happening, uh, the impact that they will have and, and also the investment opportunities for each of them, you know, really, you know, seriously, it was one of the most useful investing conversations uh, that we've had. You're totally right. And actually, you know, I go back to that spreadsheet almost every day when I'm doing a bit of research. We're actually up to 12 megatrends now. I don't oh, know really? if you noticed. I added, uh, I added extraterrestrial mining a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I missed that one. Maybe that, that's one we, uh, we look at in next 50 years. Perhaps. But no, no harm in uh, getting ahead of some of this stuff, right? Yeah. That's the purpose Definitely. of looking at a megatrend. <laughs> I think that's an important point, point actually. Yeah, the point of doing this is that you get in at the start and not after the, you know, when it's all hyped up, right? You want to get in at the start before you know, everybody else gets in. Um, you know, uh, maybe, you know, just to explain a little bit more about why this is a, a, powerful, a powerful thing is that, you know, when a company is operating within a, one of these mega trends, the market forces actually push them towards growth you know, their products and their services are in high demand and increasingly so. Uh, so. You could say they have tailwinds to their business. And like, on the other, other hand, if you're a company that is working against a mega trend, you, know, you actually experience resistance and you can't grow as fast. You've got it, right? Like, so these, these might be excellent companies. They may do well, but why would you invest in a company that's got speed bumps and roadblocks ahead of it, right? When you can invest in one that's got a clear highway, as you say, a tailwind behind it. You know, maybe this company that doesn't have the, the mega trend might have a great valuation, might be executing brilliantly, but even that, maybe that's not enough in the really, really long term, as you say, right? Some, some of these trends are, you know, multi-decades long and, uh, you know, thinking in these terms helps you get well ahead of the game. Maybe it'll be clearer if we actually discuss you know, one of these mega trends that we that we think is happening. So, so let's talk about autonomous vehicles. So we've um, we've both been Tesla shareholders for many years now, and it's been a bit of a you know long slow journey until very recently when it's been an insane roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, but we you know we got into Tesla and other companies in the same area a long time ago because we saw autonomous vehicles as being, you know, something still, still ahead of us, a, a mega trend, as Alfie said. So what do we mean by an autonomous vehicle? So like a driverless car or a driverless truck, 
It's something, it's a vehicle that can operate itself. It can do all the necessary driving functions without human intervention. So there are six different levels of automation. Um, and as the levels increase, the extent of the drivers of a car's independence increases. So at level zero, the car's got no control over its operation and the human does all the driving. At levels one and two, the car starts to provide some support with things like steering, accelerating, braking, but the human's still got to be in complete attention and, you know, and ready right. to take control. Um, and they like do everything else. Like, you mean things like cruise control and anti-lock brakes? Exactly, exactly. Right. So, the, you know, some of these technologies have been around for a long time. So we've had, you know, some elements of level one for decades now. Um, when you get to level three, that's really where you're, where you're starting to see automation. So the vehicle can do all the driving in some conditions, but the human's got to be there at level three and ready to take over, you know, a moment's notice if, you know, you hit one of these edge cases and something strange starts to happen. Um, at level four, it's a, it's a sort of step on from that. So at level four, the vehicle's basically fully autonomous some of the time, you know, maybe on highways or in certain environments, um, but the human doesn't have to be sort of ready to leap in and take control. That's the distinction between level three and four. And then at level five, the vehicle's fully autonomous all the time, all situations. And actually in level five, you probably don't have any controls. There's nothing in the car. All right. So uh, it sounds like we're at level four. Is that right? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think we're not. So, um, and there's probably a range of views on this. If you ask Elon Musk, he'll tell you that we're at level five already, I think. Um, but, um, you know, I think most people look at, say, Tesla as one of the, one of the, you know, the big examples. They're probably actually more like level two, to be honest, um, you know, starting to step into level three territory. It can drive itself in certain situations, but you've got to be there. You've got to give it feedback every, at least every one minute just to say, I'm here. And you've got to be ready to jump in and take control. That's kind of an attribute of level two. I've seen a Waymo vehicle on the road and Waymo is Google's autonomous car division. Um, and I think they're uh, judged as being at level four. Um, and, you know, there are some cities in the USA where Waymo's are now running fully autonomously, but just in those, you know, restricted locations. So that's kind of an attribute of level four. You know, who knows who's got the the right approach to get to level five. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that we'll get to level five eventually. You know, the hardware is getting better. The software is getting better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I guess that's why this is a mega trend. You know, it does feel inevitable to me. Um, and it's just a, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. As you say, you know, you just don't know. You know, you just have to yeah. wait and see. Yeah. Maybe it's worth talking a bit about the benefits of autonomous cars, because I guess that's why I see this as inevitable. Um, okay. Because there are so many significant benefits for society. We're going to make it happen. Um, so, I mean, just to reel off one or two, right, you know, clearly the, the, the highest benefit is increased safety. Um, so I think something like 94% of vehicle accidents are as a result of human failure, but Tesla are already showing um, fewer vehicle deaths or serious accidents per million miles driven when the cars are in autonomous mode versus not in autonomous mode. And, you know, that number is only going to improve and it's going to improve across other types of driving too. Haven't there been some high profile Tesla accidents? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, sometimes though, it's people kind of anticipating the car is more proficient than it really is. You know, there are, you know, there have been some very sad accidents where, 
you know, unfortunately, the driver was, I think, you know, watching a movie or playing a game on his phone at the time when the accident took place. So he kind of wasn't ready to jump in and take control when the vehicle asked for it. Although I think there was one accident where, you know, the vehicle didn't sense the obstacle, um, you know, right up until the moment of the crash. So, right. but it but it does just go to show, you know, there's, you know, this stuff is fallible and it could also be gamed, right? Some people are, you know, white hat hackers are showing how they can cheat the cars into seeing something that isn't there or not seeing something that is there. So, you know, clearly there's a lot of obstacles to overcome before we get further up the autonomy scale. Yeah, that's quite scary. But I think all this will be solved eventually by hardware and software. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's just reel off a few more of the benefits because there's so many of them. I hate sitting in traffic. It's why I switched from cars to motorbikes about 20 years ago. At the point where we have autonomous cars, we're going to have much more efficient traffic flow. And there's two really interesting reasons why. You know, for one, less accidents. So you haven't got, you know, kind of idiots on the other side of the road slowing down and rubbernecking the accident. So you get this kind of stop and go traffic. Um, but also when you get up to sort of level five, then the vehicles can start to coordinate and talk to each other. And the vehicles could be communicating with other vehicles on the road in the flow of traffic, could be communicating with the road itself and the environment to know what's coming up and what's ahead, mm -hmm. to be dynamically rerouting. You know, if we have a fully autonomous roadway, you know, maybe we would um, dedicate certain roads only to autonomous vehicles. And then you can get extremely high speed, highly coordinated traffic because the cars are talking to each other. So it's been estimated you could get something like five times the road capacity. So you could imagine like a kind of urban superhighway between, you know, two points where you join the autonomous road. Perhaps it's a flyover, perhaps it's a right. tunnel, you know, the boring company. And, um, you know, suddenly you're packing far more vehicles into that, that limited space. I'm smiling because what you are describing sounds like the scenes from the film Minority Report with uh, yeah, totally. Tom Cruise just driving at breakneck speed with all these uh, autonomous vehicles. Totally, totally. And, that, and, that we, and we've barely touched on the benefits, right? There's so many others. At the moment, um, you know, there are some folk who can't drive, right? Maybe, they're, um, maybe they have a disability that makes driving very difficult. Autonomous vehicles are going to really kind of open up life for them and make it easier. I, th I think about my parents, right? They live up in a, you know, a beautiful small town a bit further north in England in Norfolk. Um, you know, there's one taxi company in the town with like two drivers. And if they want to go out for dinner or they want to go somewhere that's a little bit further afield, they've got to plan their taxi like days in advance. You know, widespread availability of autonomous cars is going to completely change the landscape um, in, in, you know, in these remote towns, but also in the cities as well. In Manhattan, something like a thousand acres of land, so that's like an area pretty much the size of Central Park, a thousand acres is dedicated to parking structures. So you've got all of this wasted space in big cities, in urban areas, where people are just, you know, having to leave their cars sitting idle. And some huge percentage of time when you drive in an urban environment is spent driving around looking for a parking space. Right. That's a huge waste of time, fuel. Um, and an urban space. If you've got autonomous vehicles, you get out of the car and you release it and off it goes and it's like being helpful for somebody else doesn't need to park. Now, I'm not sure this is anecdotal, but I've noticed within my own family that the younger members are just not bothering to learn to drive. Uh, maybe this is uh, because, you know, the improvements in public transport mean they don't need to drive. Or maybe they're also anticipating the robotic cars are going to be available soon. 
It's kind of akin to an autonomous taxi. Okay, you've got like an Uber driver in there at the moment, but one day you won't have an Uber driver. I can imagine a future where actually it's a race to zero and maybe you oh. pay maybe you pay for the taxi in your attention because you're watching adverts or you know your data and the things you're um, you know you're doing in the taxi perhaps revenues being generated from them rather than from the journey itself now, now that you mentioned that um, if you believe that this trend will happen I guess one thing that you don't want to do is invest in driving schools <laughs> I guess so or uh, you know sadly or perhaps be a truck driver or a taxi driver or a courier you know I could see all of those jobs um, you know, becoming unnecessary or you know largely eliminated at the point where autonomy um, becomes real so you mentioned there were other benefits what did you mean um, yeah I still feel like we barely touched on it there's one really interesting sort of vision of the future I saw some photos of um, and it's just somewhat like reimagining what a car actually is you know at the point where you truly reach level five and you've taken the controls out um, a car you know doesn't have to be a car a car could be a mobile bedroom you know maybe you sleep the journey from London to Edinburgh and wake up at the other end and then off the off the mobile bedroom goes to ferry someone back the other way maybe the maybe the car becomes a a mobile dining table and you, you know your dinner party is traveling around collecting your friends having dinner and then dropping them off at the end as you take in some sights halfway wow. through dinner maybe it's a meeting space I think definitely a, a mobile office is uh, is likely there's a there's a a sort of interesting shortcut that I've read about as well that might let us get some of the benefits of level five automation before the technology is really ready. So you can kind of imagine an environment where you've got, you know, ubiquitous, reliable mobile communications. You know, maybe we've had to, we've rolled out 5G everywhere. Um, you could imagine a situation where you've got perhaps a warehouse full of remote drivers basically operating in a kind of telepresence mode. So you could have a team of remote drivers overseeing a fleet of thousands of vehicles and they just they sort of take control in the edge case situations where human oversight is needed so you can still take the controls out of the car it's a way i guess of kind of cheating your way up from level four up to level five to get that human oversight in those edge case situations so this stuff is you know it's going to happen it's a question as we said at the top it's a question of when not if um you know it's clear to me autonomous driving it's the future of um, personal and commercial transportation. The timeline's unknown. Um, we don't know who the winners will be, but this is a clear candidate to me for an investment mega trend, and you know, an interesting area to follow closely when you make your investing decisions. Uh, when people talk about self-driving cars, people just think of Tesla, but there are actually a lot of companies working in this space. Uh, like Google and Baidu, they're working on the software for self-driving cars. And as other car makers uh, make their electric cars, they will want to you know, include self-driving capabilities and they will you know, license the tech from these companies. There's, there's lots of players. As we say, we don't necessarily know who the winners will be, but this is a clear investment mega trend and, um, and a, a key area to watch. Yeah, so thanks, Luke. That was a very uh, convincing argument for the, the trend of autonomous driving. Um, but we just want to stress that you know nothing is 100% certain, right? Um, but when we look at many of these mega trends, we think that most of them are very likely to happen. You know, they will 
they're likely to change, you know, and new trends will appear. So we need to reevaluate these trends over time. As this year has proven, you know, things are unpredictable. And it's difficult to really, you know, see how the world reacts to these big challenges, um, like a global pandemic. Hmm. You know, the interesting thing is that for many of these trends, the pandemic has not hindered them, but has actually accelerated them. And the companies involved have experienced amazing growth. And the head of Microsoft, uh, Satya Nadella, said in their recent earnings call, we've seen two years worth of digital transformation in two months. So just give you an idea of how fast things are moving in this space. In this space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the world is moving uh, in the direction of many of these trends. Some are good and some are bad. You know, maybe on other uh, video shows, we'll talk about some of our other trends. You know, clearly there are some like climate change that are, um, you know, are a bad thing for society. But still, as an investor, it's really helpful to try and understand and to forecast and to try to, you know, steer your own investing decisions based on how you think these impacts are going to be felt across society. Yeah. Well, that was great, Albert. Um, I've really enjoyed bringing some of our um, spreadsheet to life a little bit for our viewers. Um, thanks, thanks for your insights too, and look forward to catching up on another investing megatrend in a future episode. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Uh, that was a great chat. <laughs>